Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Ready? Yep. Let's go. Let's laugh. We are imperfect after all. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Imperfect Us podcast. I'm Leanne Camilleri. And I'm Lisa Downs. As hosts of the Imperfect Us podcast, we share relatable stories that celebrate we are all perfectly imperfect humans leading perfectly imperfect lives. We discover practical and evidence-based strategies that draw on the science of well-being and positive psychology that help us to uncover the barriers that might hold us back from being our authentic selves and turn them into opportunities so that we can show up more consistently doing what we really aspire to do and who we want to be. We acknowledge the Wadawurrung and the Ghana people as traditional custodians of the beautiful lands on which this podcast is being recorded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend this respect to other First Nations people who are here with us today. So, let's get started. Today we are super excited to be speaking to Elona Rose Silva, who is a proud Aboriginal woman of the Gadamara country and who is also living in my hometown in the beautiful Wadawurrung country in Victoria. She completed her Bachelor of Education at University of Melbourne in 2000 and has taught in primary, secondary and special education settings, both here and in the UK. Learning specialist with a focus on student engagement and well-being, which led her to study her Masters of Applied Positive Psychology in 2018. Lona is an exceptional leading teacher and a consultant who is now working for the Department of Education and Training as a Curry Education Coordinator for the Bowen area. Her work is inspiring as she works with her team to shift the focus on strength-based approach to closing the gap and cultivating better outcomes for First Nations people and helping match match WAPA to the national curriculum. Lona is passionate about supporting students, teachers and school communities to embed Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's cultures, connections and identity and wisdom that will improve learning and well-being for everyone. Hello and welcome Lona. We're so grateful to be having this yarn with you today about the incredible work that you're doing in supporting First Nations students being educated in mainstream schools but also the positive impact that you've been having in communities and we're really thrilled to hear a little more about your capstone project about the cultural connections intervention program maybe how that's evolving and we are super excited to be having this conversation with you during NADOC week so welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hey, Lona, would you be able to tell us a little bit about some of the highlights during NADOC week? I know it's Friday for us here, but what are some of the really beautiful insights that you've had during this week? Definitely. Firstly, though, I'd just like to acknowledge that I'm a visitor on this land. So I acknowledge the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. Also acknowledge their deep and enduring connection to country, to the lands, the skies and the waterways. I pay my respects to ancestors before me and elders of today, for they hold the stories, wisdom and spirit of generations past. And I also acknowledge our future leaders, especially those who I have the pleasure of working with in our schools. And also during this week, which has been NAIDOC week, which we were just having a little chat before about, I guess, how NAIDOC has evolved over the years and, and how a lot of people perhaps think, you know, the Australia Day debate is a new and current issue but it's actually been going on since the late 1930s and that was sort of the beginning of NAIDOC week and initially there was a day of mourning then it just 
over time has evolved to a week which has become more of that celebration of community and culture that we and are a part of today. It's been really influential, hasn't it? We've been talking a lot about that the conversation has really shifted into such a positive and curiosity space where there is so much more benefit and progress being made between Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples. And there are some amazing things happening in Australia now and beyond that too. But it's such a wonderful, wonderful concept to have. And I think a lot of schools in particular are picking this up as well as communities. Yeah, definitely. And even just, you know, from personal experience during this week, attending lots of different events, they have been well represented by both Aboriginal, Australian Islander and non-Aboriginal people. So it's been really great to get, you know, both communities together. So well done for all of the team that might be listening to that. Thank you for everything that you've been doing to really put a spotlight on this and also keep evolving. As we start our conversation with you today, We'd really love to hear from you. What inspired you to do the work that you're currently doing? So just to, I guess, give you a little bit of background, I've been working in education for almost 25 years. I've spent most of those in primary schools here on Waterrun Country, but also a little stint in secondary and special ed as well. And I've always had a passion for student engagement and well-being and and. I guess the pivotal moment for me actually occurred during my time when I was studying my Masters of Applied Positive Psychology in 2019 with you, Lisa. I'd made the decision to focus, it was my final year, I'd made the decision to focus on my capstone project was to increase the social and emotional well-being of First Nations students who were in mainstream educational settings. Um, And I guess the deeper I delved into the literature and data, the more aware I became of the gaps that there are in educational outcomes for our First Nations students and, and the decreased levels of social and emotional wellbeing compared to non-Indigenous counterparts. And, and so when this position came up, it was in a part-time capacity to begin with. I just had to jump in and, and do it, you know, put my theory and literature review and data analysis and all of that sort of thing into some sort of practice. I had the pleasure of hearing you give a presentation recently I was just amazed by the 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 wonderful work that you were doing and your passion behind it and I can see how see how important it is I love when you pointed out social emotional well-being and that connection to self and the pride that comes with the connection to community etc I felt how important that connection was and, and how special it is and I think sometimes people might not see or understand that. Yeah, or place the value on it that we as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have. It's actually incredible, particularly the part with the connection to country has really stood out for me, This, you know, and I love that you've used that systems approach as well because it is not just individuals, it's community as well and obviously country, but that spirituality that's really showing up to be so important in every element of your life. I really love that. I'm just wondering, in your role as a career education coordinator, what are some of the things that are really lighting you up in this role and what are some of the things that you're learning? There are actually a lot of things that lift me up in this role. I, I really love the work that I do. First of all, I have to say my team. I just, I work, my whole team are all strong, knowledgeable Aboriginal people and they inspire me and teach me something new every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm just really grateful to be surrounded by them and just, just to be learning from them every single day. 
I also really value working alongside a whole range of stakeholders, you know, collaborating with teams from different areas such as the universities here in the Geelong area, the TAFEs, Wadawurrung Traditional Owner Corporation. That's just to name a few, but all collaborating for a, a common cause. Yeah. And more voices in the room too. So there's lots of learning to be had and questions to ask. Yeah. And, and that more holistic support for our students is yeah. not just when they're in schools. We cover the early years, primary, secondary, and then into further ed as well. So, mm-hmm. and employment, you know, we want to see our kids, if they finish up with school, we want to see them in jobs, you know, with sustainable employment, that something that they enjoy and that feel purpose and, and that meaning from. Mm. Yeah, such an, a wonderful opportunity, especially the, the network that you have. It's huge. And like you said, so much value in that and so much wisdom. Yeah, and it is a really big part of the work that we do. Also building strong connections within community. So particularly with our young people and their families, we have a little youth program that a couple of the people in my team, we run at Narana and just getting to work alongside and just be with these kids and their families on a weekly basis and, you know, build up that connection has been really special for me personally. And I guess also on that personal level, I would say for me, connection to community personally as well, not just professionally, and the and, and how I've seen the the pride and identity of my own children just grow and evolve as I've been doing this work. And I guess it's, you know, it has to do with, you know, the opportunities that have presented since doing this work. So Benji's in year seven and Remy's in year six, and they're both really proud of their culture and really involved in community events and activities that are that are happening and and I know that this will continue to grow it's but it's yeah it's been really nice to that's been a really nice byproduct of this work that's sort of spilled into my personal life without identity and belonging you know where would we be mm. yeah exactly yeah. I, I see positive psychology everywhere in yes. work honestly I really do there's so <laughs> many overlaps Thinking about how we might embed more Indigenous education into our schools and communities, what advice would you suggest to help to bring more knowledge and wisdom into our classrooms? I'm really glad you asked this question because this is something, again, that I'm really passionate about and and where a lot of the work that we do lands as well. So, and I guess I'm, when I'm answering this, I do have educators in mind, given, you know, I'm assuming that there are a lot of your audience and it, it links with the work that I'm doing. But firstly, in our work, we're guided by the practices and principles within the Maroong Aboriginal Education Plan. And this is a 10-year plan that has been developed in partnership with VAI, the, Victoria, the sort of the peak body for education for Victoria and the Department of Education. And so my advice first and foremost would be to familiarise yourself with that plan and I guess same sort of that same thing, like really value the work that's gone into it and the priority areas within it. So the four key areas within that plan are cultural inclusion, attendance and engagement, family engagement and curriculum. And they're all really important. So I guess... Just to explain, unpack them a little bit, cultural inclusion is creating those environments where students can thrive, obviously referring to First Nations students. They feel safe to first and foremost identify their, as, 
Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander express themselves freely, be strong in their identity. Um, it might be environments that are visually inviting and I guess classrooms that are free of that unconscious bias and, and the like. So also, I guess, understanding the traditional ways of doing and being when transferring knowledge and allowing this to occur in the classroom. Attendance and engagement, obviously, for all students, achievement, we know that academic achievements are improved if attendance is high and so paying attention to the attendance of our young people and implementing supportive strategies if needed. And if that involves applying a, a cultural lens there as well, then that can be really important. Yeah, so just keeping track of it and, and implementing proactive strategies as well. So, and I think student voice is there's an opportunity here for student voice and an agency that that increases attendance and engagement when they're at school as well. Especially bringing them lots of value. You know, they feel valued. They know that we're looking for their strengths. So you, you're making them feel as if they belong because they do deserve to belong. And that's the real value of that autonomy and that voice. That voice is so important. Yeah, it really is. Mm. I agree. And the third area was the the family engagement. So, you know, families and family systems are so important and they're they're vital in students' education. With our First Nations students, you know, get get to know them, find out about their country, listen to their stories and give them a voice and an agency in their own child's education as well. We talk about, often in the early years, we talk about First Nations families as first educators and... I think just allowing for this to continue into the primary and secondary is really valuable for our kids as well mm. and, and, and leads to, you know, more inclusive environments and increased attendance and engagement for the students as well. Mm. Um, and the fourth area is the curriculum. And this is something that when I first came over to work at the Department of Education where I spent a lot of my time and and working specifically on curriculum and that included knowledge of content and pedagogy so I guess creating a balanced representation of our shared histories Mm. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures are the longest continuing cultures in the world I'm sure you've heard that before and that there's scientific evidence of occupation in Australia for over 65,000 years and and perhaps even longer And for a culture to con- continue for that amount of time, there's just no doubt that there's just that huge wealth of knowledge spanning all aspects of history, both pre and post colonisation. And, and, and quite often, sometimes that pre stuff can be left out. Mm. And not so much now, but, you know, in the past. And I think it's a job of the teachers to educate themselves. So yeah. first and foremost, so that, so that they can teach from multiple perspectives we often talk about truth-telling. So truth-telling within the curriculum content is so important with the repeated denial of historical wrongs along with the denial of 65,000 years of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander knowledge. It actually prevents Australians from moving forward towards that shared future, which is the objective, I guess, long-term. Yeah. And I think part of that too is language and, and really being aware of that. So language is a really important aspect within the teaching of curriculum and the power of language to recognise, validate or dismiss Australian histories is interconnected and impacts on the way in which teachers represent whatever that content is that they're teaching in the classroom. So just for an example, the conscious use of the terms, you know, 
you might hear settlement or occupation, colonization, or you might hear invasion. And that will be that will depend on the differing worldviews and perspectives of the teacher who is describing those events in history. And I think we talk about the importance of critical and creative thinking. It's part of our curriculum and allowing students to have and embrace multiple worldviews actually goes it goes a long way towards achieving those critical and creative thinking skills, which benefits them for life. So not just it is a benefit to our First Nations students, but it benefits them going forward as well in their own studies and, and future employment. And how awesome to be open-minded to that, to learn, because, you know, sometimes we say our beliefs are this, but in actual fact we've heard that from somewhere along the way where we don't know what the truth actually is and to be curious about that and find out more is so much more beneficial. I'm wondering the Morong education plan is that just for victoria or is it australia wide that's victoria this one yeah so would each state have something similar they would have some version of yeah mm-hmm. it would be really linked to their local context which right. are hugely important um, and one of the things i guess since doing my capstone and and looking into the literature and the data what i really learned was about the diversity of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders across Australia and the experiences are very different depending on what country you're from and and therefore the challenges faced by First Nations students are very different as well and students Mm. here in Victoria have a very different experience to that of young people in say Central Desert or or where you were Lisa or or Arnhem Land. I think I when I did my capstone I, I really looked at sort of the information from a national perspective but if I were to do it again I would really localize the context and and really look at the environment that kids are here and and make it a little bit more relevant to the students here in Victoria. Which Mm. is interesting that you've raised that too because when you were talking about the curriculum areas and also for teachers it's all that professional learning about how to support. A long time ago a lot of teachers would say I'm too scared to teach about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures because I don't know and I don't know, don't want to offend. But what I have been using, and I'm sure you're aware of this too, is the Australian curriculum has started to make packages up for teachers to have that context of what are the outcomes that we're trying to achieve, but also how to do that and the knowledge behind that so that teachers go, oh, now I feel more comfortable changing my practice to include everyone. You know, what an example of that is the science document that they've published in the Australian curriculum. That is extraordinary. Is. I've shared that with all of my team at school and it has made everyone feel more relaxed and authentic so that it's not this us and them, it's actually us together. It's a great resource. Yeah, I agree. And there's, and there's other resources out there as well, yeah. um, specifically for Victoria too. So VAI, which is... Victorian Aboriginal Education Association Incorporated, the peak body for education here in Victoria, they have a a brilliant platform where they have curriculum resources. They have a whole lot of protocols as well that they've put a lot of time and and a lot of really clever people have contributed to those documents that are there for teachers Mm -hmm. to use. And then I guess us at at the Department of Education for those in government schools, we our KESO, our career education support officers, we're there to be able to work with teachers and, and try and break down some of those barriers and answer some of those questions so that they do feel comfortable and, and 
same goes uh, in the in the independent and the Catholic systems as well. They have people employed to be able to to work alongside the teachers and and build their capacity so they do feel confident to teach. Brilliant. That's so valuable for all schools mm. um, and so worthwhile. It'll improve their practice immensely. And so important when you think about going forward, leaving education and going into workplaces and carrying that, that wisdom and understanding forward and changing how we behave in workplaces as well. Absolutely. You're so right. Yes, agree. And in a culture of us, Australia is all of us. It's not separate people. We are all together. Yeah, and I guess the views and what's valued is that collectivist way of thinking within. And and I think that's something that all Australians can really benefit from. Yeah, totally. When we were completing our Masters of Positive Psychology at Melbourne University, you designed a cultural connection intervention program. And I'm just wondering if you could share some highlights about your program and how might um, we be able to better implement this into our practices across all areas of the curriculum? Yeah, as I said before, I probably have a, a lot, have learned so much since mm. moving into this position. And so there's a lot of things that I would and have altered. And as I said, I would really localise the, the context of, of mm. what I was presenting. But I was fortunate enough to use this cultural connection intervention program with students at my previous school. And the tiered approach towards connection was just was I guess the, the basis of it and that connection to self is that first part of it pride in identity and self-belief it's just so important to increasing levels of social and emotional well-being and then the next tier was connection to others so this included community members elders traditional custodians school community families and that was and that was sort of that next that next level of it. And then the third G was connection to country. Um, and as we spoke about earlier, there's all so much research out there to support connection to the natural environment for increased well-being. And this goes even deeper, I suppose, to that spiritual level for First Nations students and their belief in creation and 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 the spiritual systems. Mm. And then connection to culture was the final and it gave the students opportunities to engage in cultural activities with other First Nations students and deep learning was occurring throughout all of it and it was a range of different activities from the arts right through to storytelling and building edible Indigenous gardens and all sorts of things and it just had a positive impact on connecting with others so it was really nice to be able to implement that with my students at the time and and I guess I learned a lot from the outcomes I was able to experience firsthand. And so those strategies, I guess, that I I know were positive and had an impact, we're able to adopt those on a on a larger scale now in, in this line of work. I really appreciate how important that would have been for the well-being of those students and the impact it would have had on their mental health. Yeah, yeah, and I and I still feel just so connected to those students now. And whenever I see them out in community, I'm not obviously not at school anymore, but when I see them anywhere out in community, I, I can still see that strength in in their culture, their strong voice. There, yeah, it's really nice to see that. It, although 
I left that school and I'm not working with those kids anymore. They've gone off to other settings. Some of them are in high school, some of them finished school and, and they're still showing and, and doing some of these same attributes that, that I saw when we were actually running the program. So, so yeah, it's pretty special. Because there's so much meaning and purpose in there and for them you'll probably find and, you know, I hope that you might find the stories in this one too is that they're probably on sharing that with others to help them to feel valued and to know their worth and and to be shining in their strengths rather than, you know, hiding away and really, really owning their identity and and that they belong and that they've been seen. Yeah, yep, definitely. Something that you shared in your presentation, 33% of youth regularly experienced high levels of psychological distress. And I was blown away by that. But then when I reflected on what you were working towards, I could see how very important it is that as a collective, as us, as all of us, as a country community, I guess, if that even makes sense, I hope it does. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How important it is that we embrace this. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's, um, I'm going to quote one of someone that works with me and she's so knowledgeable and, and she always says, this is everyone's business. everyone's business it's up to all of us she she often says we make up three percent of the population we can't do it by ourselves so this is up to everybody Mm. getting involved how can we continue to build our our knowledge of cultural connections and wisdom from our first nations people so first educate yourself continue to educate yourself there is so much to learn and and for all educated educators the more you learn the more equipped you are to 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 really bring these perspectives and make them meaningful for your all of your students every student in the classroom and I always always say to when I'm speaking to teachers um that you know being an educator you've got this opportunity and therefore responsibility for every student that's sitting in your classroom to give them the accurate information so that you know they can continue to build their own perspectives and worldviews that will they'll see them into the future but I always have, um, I might be reading a fiction book, but then I'll also have a non-fiction book that has Aboriginal perspectives within going at the same time. So I'll just, and I make time in my day. So, you know, I, I, I often still draw on a lot of those interventions um, for self-care and that sort of thing that we obviously learnt through our map. And, and one of those for me is making time each day to read and to learn something because my one of my top five strengths was love of learning so that way I know I'm I'm making the time and I block I put it in my calendar so I block out that time and I make sure I read so I suggest that mm-hmm. and also get involved in community you know we talked about NADOC at the beginning and there was a flag raising ceremony at Wotherong earlier in the week and lots of non-Aboriginal people are turning up and supporting and embracing these opportunities too. So find out what's happening in your local community, sign up to the local co-op wherever you are, sign up to their newsletter or follow them on Facebook or something and just see what's going on and if you can get involved, get involved and get out there, get amongst it. Also, another thing too that I think is really important is when you go on holidays anywhere in the country, learn about the local people and Mm. um, if possible, engage with them on country, you know. So recently I went up to Cairns and and had the pleasure of being taken out on country by the local people and my experience there was so much richer for having done that. If I wanted to learn more about 
country and have a deeper learning, how would I go about doing that? You could just find out through the local co-op or through the traditional owner group and tourist information places when you go somewhere. That's where I went to Canada, just went to the tourist information and I just got got some information on and then found where this organisation was located and, and their traditional owner group then had tours that they organised and ran and then just got involved that way. And, yeah, it was a really great experience. So highly recommend. And it's also beneficial for both people too. I've noticed that when I've done the same sorts of things is that I get so much from them, but you can see their pride coming out to share their whole community beliefs and traditions. And they're so giving. I just, it's just, you can't beat it. I know even just in here down at Wadawurrung Country, you know, and you would know with Karina Eccles, Eccles that she shared the most incredible stuff with us down at actually Bell's Beach, but the stories were just, you just couldn't help but be grounded in, and grounded in that country. This, and, you know, blows yeah. your mind of the opportunities and, like you said, the responsibilities for us to get to know our communities more. Yeah, there is nothing like nothing to the stories of the local people. It just, mm. it, it's something surreal. It's just the most beautiful experience so, yeah. it's actually very spiritual isn't it I found. yes yeah and it, you can't not connect it's just yep so grounding wherever you go yes. so much to learn that's what blows my mind away is that i just think if that's you know australia is such a big place the world is even bigger but even the smallest dot on the map there is so much in there and yep. then that is everywhere based on our conversations today is there a book or a podcast or a TED talk that you would recommend to our listeners to find out a little bit more about the wonderful work you're doing and also of other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders? So I've got a couple. So when I work with students and we and we would teach about colonisation and, and what happened, there's a book that I was introduced to by a very good friend of mine who's, who's non-Aboriginal. It's called Rabbits by John Marsden and Sean Tan and it, they're both non-Aboriginal authors themselves. Uh, this this I wouldn't teach a unit on colonisation without using this text as a mentor text. So it's great for teaching inference and a lot of those literacy skills in that. But but also but just the way in which the history is presented is really clever. So that's a, that's definitely one that I'd recommend yeah. for adults. I'm especially those connected to map and you know the practice practices and principles within i'm reading at the moment the dreaming path by paul callahan with uncle paul gordon and it's about how indigenous thinking can change your life and just so many links to positive psychology and tapping into the old ways through beautiful storytelling and then the last one i just wanted to share was a movie which you may have seen and i know it's it's been around for a couple of years now but especially for educators in my blood it runs I just think it's I think if you're working in education and you're thinking about the system as a whole and what the experience is of you know one individual student in your class and I guess you how that system failed him in a sense and then that importance of connection to country and language and culture to make him strong in, in himself and his identity I just I think it's just a really great movie and I think all teachers should watch it it's powerful yeah it makes you really I guess check yourself your unconscious bias and yeah the the experiences and opportunities that you're presenting on a daily basis and whether they're fit for every student in your class you know absolutely yeah 
Thank you so much for sharing those wonderful resources and we will be putting them into the show notes. As we start to wind up, what is the best way if people want to find out more about you or connect with you? How can they do that? Probably through email. So I work for the education department. So it's just my name at education.vic.gov.au. That's good. I am on LinkedIn. I, I don't get on social media as much as I don't have a lot of time. I'm pretty flat out during the day, but probably email. And I have a Google Drive full of resources that I've myself and my team have collated and collected and to share with teachers. So, and even since doing that, presenting the capstone oh, a few months ago, so some some of the people listening got in touch with me and I was able to share some resources for Reconciliation Week with them. The last tricky little one, which I hope is something that's going to make you feel so much joy. If we could grant you one wish, what would you wish for that would amplify your impact in schools? I actually found this really hard. <laughs> it is hard, but it's supposed to be exciting. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, and I guess I'm thinking from that whole systems and bigger picture thinking and all I want is for the opportunities for our First Nations students to be to be the same as non-Indigenous students and I want the outcomes to be finish school and, and end up where they want to be. I want them to be getting that real purpose and meaning out of whether it's further study, whether it's employment, whatever it is, I just want them to be getting something and continuing to build those strong personal identities and uh, community around them. That's the best impact ever. We are so grateful for your time today, Alona. Thank you so much for spending this time with us and helping us to understand just a little bit more about how how we can help make a difference as well. And also for making the big impact that you're having for others. And, you know, sometimes we forget that we love the work we do, but the impact we have on others is probably far more far-reaching than we know. So thank you for the incredible work you're doing and your team. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So nice to talk to you both. Oh, my goodness. That was just so educational. Definitely. She is so grounded in her thinking and so wise for such a young, beautiful woman. She mm. just has so much to share. I love the work that she's doing and the impact she's having in our communities is just extraordinary. What really stood out to me was the whole connection piece around, yeah. you know, that connection to ourselves, to others and, and to country and culture. Also, so very important in moving forward. I think the more you connect with our Aboriginal tourists, well, our First Nations peoples, the wisdom that they have, it just opens your heart into so many different ways. Thinking about connection to self and to community is so what we've been doing for such a long time, but there's yes. just such a different perspective. And I really love that that um, spirituality level mm, um, that Lyme talked about, you know, that we know that being in our natural environment is going to increase our well-being, and that if we can have learning in the natural environment, you know, it can only be greater the benefit can be so much more helps us to be more open-minded too couldn't help think you know when when she was talking about uh, in schools and i guess this might be already happening i don't know but when she mentioned about indigenous plant gardens i had this vision 
of a school and having that and I was really interested I was on board with that wanting to learn that that's funny because that stood out for me too because at our school we do have a garden and we've got a brand new one so we do um, at the beginning of the, this next term an appreciative inquiry into what's possible and then we're also influenced by our Wadarung people of the lands that we are teaching and learning on and then well, what does that look like so for me immediately having a look at the connection between the natural world and how that can increase our well-being particularly in the garden what might be possible really mm. excited about that I can't wait to um, continue the conversation with loans and also the importance of all of us really tapping into our traditional owners and making connections with our local community how can we be more responsible and more connected to our communities oh absolutely all right all right well bye for now and bye for now. forward to our next ones And thank you for listening to the Imperfect Us podcast. As always, we are extremely grateful to our executive producer, Brenton Ainsworth, for helping us to put this episode together. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you care about, and we would be grateful if you could rate this podcast on iTunes. To continue the conversation and see what we're up to, you can connect with us on LinkedIn. Just search for Imperfect Us. Bye for now.